0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay.
1: And I am Leslie.
0: Tonight, from the inky black depths of the ocean floor, comes Tales of
1: the Titanic! So grab your coffee, tell Jack to hold on. Or not. (laughs) And listen to these Legends in the dark. back in the studio it feels really weird to not be zooming with you Jay
0: really weird and really good
1: yes oh my gosh like we we met early we got the studio set up how we liked it we got the new chairs so also by the way I bought these chairs like in the like right before the pandemic really hit and we never recorded them I feel like because I don't remember having them
0: No, I told you, I remember sitting in the brown chairs Yeah. that were like very stiff.
1: Yeah, so FYI, I bought these because they look nice, they're comfortable, they're recliners. And they're noisy. Yes, so they are leather. (laughs) They're a little noisy, not best for podcasting, so I know I'm going to be moving and it's going to be like creak, creak, creak. But they... They look really nice in the studio. I and know, you all
0: can't see it, but it looks fantastic.
1: I should put the picture I sent you up on, on Instagram. I
0: feel like you should.
1: Yes. And it's just so exciting that we actually went out and got coffee. <gasps> and we're going to be talking about our stories. And you can't hear mine. Mine's all melted. Mine's all melted. Actually, yeah, I didn't get I got <clears> iced coffee.
0: When did you get java chip?
1: Java chip, you know, because
0: today's coffee selection is <laughs> Trenta iced coffee and Grande Java chip Frappuccino.
1: <laughs> Brought to you by no sponsors.
0: No sponsors, because no one's paying us for this.
1: <laughs> well, wow, but, but Jay, they it should be. <laughs> but Jay, it's like seriously so good to see you. I'm so happy right now. Like so
0: good, so nice. Like I, I, you know. Okay, so it was cool. That, you know, we didn't have to really stop doing anything, right? As far as, like, doing the show. Right. In During the pandemic and everything over the last year. But Zoom sucks. I don't... I, it, it's no good for a podcast, I should say that. Like, at least it wasn't on my end because we had issues with, like, my my recording not being able to be not it it didn't work one way and then it only worked another but that the way it did work wasn't as good or something
1: it was just a lot of touch and go things and i'll be honest i think it it started just to get to the point where i think everyone did this you just start hitting a wall and we hit that wall and i said let's let's do the review and I mean, I think we've got lot of listeners listening to and reviewing the Skinwalker Ranch, but like quite honestly, I think we needed that little time to really figure out what we're doing. And if you notice, we're doing a little bit different format tonight. Um, we're going to still be ch- telling each other stories, but we're going to have an umbrella of stories because to be honest, like sometimes I would find a great story that I could not wait to tell you about and it's literally like four sentences. I could do it in five minutes and then
0: but it's the but the creepiness is there yeah it's just the way we were doing that is like you know do i have enough of a story here to fill like 15 20 minute amount of time now we don't care
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i just think like this is what i miss. like we met and i you i had lunch with you and your beautiful fiance becca for my birthday and it was just that is what I love is just sitting around. We had coffee, we were talking. I got to put on Instagram. Jay gave me our first merch, basically. It's a Legends in the Dark T-shirt, which I'm loving. I'm wearing right now. Looks
0: fantastic.
1: Thank you. And it was just like this is how I want to do the podcast. I I want to just sit here and talk to you. So which is one of the reasons why we're doing some throwback episodes, just to kind of remind us like why we started doing this and. I think we kind of lost this last year because it was just so hard. I mean, I know everyone kind of went through the same thing, but it's nice to kind of have this back, and I'm so happy, and I'm so glad that, you know, we're doing this now.
0: High five. High five.
1: Okay, so tonight, Titanic stories.
0: Titanic stories.
1: I am super excited because Titanic, not the movie or anything, but I was obsessed when I was a kid. And a lot of people, I don't know if they really remember this, but, like, they did a lot of specials about the Titanic before the movie and stuff. Like, I remember watching, like, PBS in the 80s and stuff with my grandparents about...
0: FYI, if you guys hear anything in the background, that would be uh, Leslie's mother-in-law watching something totally hilarious in the background. I know, apparently. I want to know
1: what she's watching. Like, this is... My I, my mother-in-law lives with me, as longtime listeners will know. And she is the sweetest woman, and but it's so funny because she usually is so quiet. She reads her books. She um, will play with the dogs, and sometimes she'll fall asleep in her chair. So her laughing so loud. Like, I don't know what she's watching. I kind of want to know what she's watching. And now you know where my husband gets it from.
0: <laughs> it does sound just like Chris, doesn't it?
1: It does, right? <laughs> All right, well, anyway. So, so Titanic, Titanic stories. So here we go. We're going to do a little bit of history with the Titanic. Not too much. We're not going to go in the depth. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do our stories, the stories that we love.
0: On April 15th of 1912, tragedy struck.
1: Yes. So backing up a little. The RMS Titanic is a liner or was a liner with White Star Line, an Olympic class ship that was 882 feet and 9 inches in length, and it had a tonnage of 46,328 GRT. The ship's maiden voyage began on April 10th, 1912. On April 14th, 1912, at 11.40 p.m., the mighty ship struck an iceberg. Oh, I was off by a day, wasn't I? No, no, no. Two hours and 40 minutes later, on April 15th, ah. 1912...
0: Vindication!
1: <laughs> the ship was gone, along with approximately... It varies from 1,400 to 1,600 passengers lost. said only
0: about, what was it, 706 survived or something?
1: Yeah. Tragic. Many famous names and many famous people were lost. And, you know, just naming a few, John Jacob Astor IV and his wife, well, his wife survived. But John Jacob was on the ship with his wife, Madeline Force Astor. Um, Margaret Marley Brown, later to become the unsequel of Molly Brown. She was also on the ship. There was the, I might pronounce his name wrong, so I apologize. Isidore Strauss and his wife, Ida. No, I'm sorry. No, it's Ida. I-D-A, right? Yeah. My friend Erin is probably kind of look, like yelling at her radio right now because she played Strauss, Ida Strauss, in the play of the Titanic that... The Merced Playhouse players did, and she's probably like, Leslie, you were there on two of my show-ins. <laughs> like, she was really good, by the way. And if you didn't know who the Strausses were, they were the one. Uh, they were the owners of Macy's.
0: Oh yeah. And Back when they were called Macy's Strauss, right?
1: I think so. Yeah. And so it's just it it was a bunch of money on this ship, and I think I read somewhere like the legend has it where J.P. Morgan was supposed to be on the ship but he canceled at the last minute
0: that's one of those things where you look back where you probably like the when he finds the news out it goes
1: (gasps) yeah i mean it's kind of it's it's kind of like what we equivalent of people telling us now is when they miss that flight somewhere the flight like like, falls out yeah falls out there's story. There were stories around nine eleven where people. I think what was it? Mark Wahlberg had a story where he missed the flight. He was supposed to be on one of the flights. Like it was. It's it's kind of that intensity for the time, where you miss that that voyage, but it was almost the luckiest. There was that even the story of was it two cousins or two brothers losing. It's kind of what in the episode or an episode in the movie Titanic, where Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's Um, character wins a um, get on the Titanic. That's based on a true story of like two brothers losing their Titanic tickets and then later a mother said that was the luckiest thing that ever happened to my sons. Mm -hmm. I think it was either brothers or cousins. I forget. But yeah, so it's just so many stories come out of it.
0: Let's not forget the, the unsung heroes. Wallace Hartley and the rest of the band members that were on the Titanic. Oh. That's that those are heroes, Dagnabbit!
1: I can't. You hear the stories about them playing.
0: As the, th- the ship went down, there's a group of guys who really had no business staying on that boat, but they still stayed to give people keep people calm.
1: There are so many stories outside of the Titanic. So, like, let's get started. What's your first story? Like, what what story really <clears throat> fascinates you with it?
0: Well, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and I'll start with the most hated spirit.
1: Ooh.
0: So, in the Las Vegas exhibition in uh, the Luxor Hotel and Casino, uh, there is a portrait of one Bruce Ismay, who, if anybody doesn't know, was one of the uh, constructors of the Titanic. This guy, he uh, he he, kind of ends up getting kind of blacklisted on the story in the whole story of the Titanic uh, when it was revealed that he had uh, fled the ship. Uh, apparently not, you know, given two figs about abandoning women and children that were still on board. Also, rumors going around that he had insisted on increasing the speed of the cruise despite the warnings about the icebergs that were in the water. There are witnesses who even claim that the builder, as he was in the you know in the process of abandoning ship. Turned his back to the ship while he was like... He he couldn't even... He wasn't even looking back. He's just full speed ahead.
1: He did not want to see what was happening.
0: Nope. A worker at the exhibition in Las Vegas said one morning that he had found Ismay's portrait lying on the floor. When the supervisor reviewed the security video of the previous night, he saw, to his horror... That the portrait fell off and fell to the ground all on its own.
1: And it happened multiple times.
0: Multiple times. Well, any other spirits that may be inhabiting that ex- exhibition, they do not like that guy whatsoever.
1: Kind of reminds me of the story in Tombstone where I think they, I think it was at the birdcage where they put, the story is they put Wyatt Herb in the, like a statue of Wyatt Earp, Next to an exhibit of the Clamptons, and that was the one, the famous shootout, and like every day that this museum person came in, like the hat, like Earp's hat was like on the ground, and they didn't know how it got down there, and finally, um, I think a psychic said, just, just move them away from each other, and they did, and the hat never was on the ground again.
0: Hey, hey, the Clamptons lost
1: that fight fair and square. (laughs) So many, so, so many, like, conspiracies with that. Right. All right, that's a good one. That's that's interesting, because I wonder what you would do with that picture. Would you Just be like, okay, this thing is not staying on the on the wall. Let's just let's just put it down here. You know, we'll just face it away. Here you have a word. Face it away. Gonna
0: have, one day they're going to find that thing on the, on the laying on the ground, and there's going to be like the word "douchebag" scratched
1: <laughs> into the portrait.
0: So, do you what one of your stories that you have for us today?
1: Well, mine is a little different. So I'm going to talk about the novella Futility. So, Futility was written by Morgan Robertson, who wrote this story about a man named John Rowland, a deckhand on the ship called the Titan. So, the Titan talks about how this is a huge ship. It's supposed to be British. It's supposed to be the biggest ship of its time and even unsinkable. And then one night in April, the Titan struck an iceberg and sinks. Now, the story goes on, that's the first half of the story, and the story goes on with Roland being rescued off the iceberg and him going to New York, and it's a whole different story. But the basis is this, this ship striking the iceberg in April on the maiden voyage, on its maiden voyage. So those are all the similarities, and you think, well, Leslie, what's the big deal? A lot of, play, a lot of things do that. Even Agatha Christie... Murder on Orient Express was partly based off of the Charles Lindbergh kidnapping. What's the big deal?
0: Go ahead and tell us, Leslie.
1: (laughs) The Futility, later renamed The Wreck of the Titan, was written by Robertson in 1990... I'm sorry, in 1898.
0: Fourteen years before the Titanic sank.
1: Now a lot of people say, "Wow, was he? You know, did he have a vision? Did he, like, wh- how did he come up with all of these similarities?"
0: Or he just came up with the inevitability that a giant ship would strike an iceberg somewhere in the Atlantic <laughs> and the thing would sink.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what's no funny? brainer. Well, you know what's funny is I just like the story because it is cool that oh my god was 14 years before the Titanic. But it is one of these things where I believe he worked in the Navy. He worked as a decked hand, the, the author. And so he kind of knew, he knew about what could happen on ships. And it's kind of like, um, is it Tom Clancy? Like he just studied so much of submarines that he basically wrote. And he read so many articles about submarines that he basically wrote about a secret submarine, you know, being crashed and stuff, and people were like, oh, wait a minute. The government was like, wait a minute, how did you know about that? Because that really happened. It's just like, you know, you kind of have this whole, like you said.
0: I don't know anything about some super secret nuclear submarine. That's right, sir. You
1: don't. (laughs) But, yeah, I just, I really find that story fascinating. Anytime we talk about Titanic, I always say, hey, did you know that 14 years before there was a story about Titanic? And people are all like, what?
0: It's kind of like funny because like, it's like it seems like back around that time, you know, people were like make the biggest versions of things they could possibly do, and then say nothing bad can possibly happen with this. They did it with the Titanic. They did it with the Spruce Goose. You remember the Spruce Goose?
1: Nothing bad happened to it. It Just didn't really. It went like 14 feet or 14 inches. Off exactly.
0: There. It was faulty. Well, things that are oversized are faulty.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was a short story. What's yours?
0: Okay, so I'm going to follow yours up with one that's actually pretty similar to it. Mm. The Deadly Premonition. On the night, the Titanic sank. Thousands of kilometers from the crash site, a young Scot named Jessie Sayer, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, which I believe I am, was on the verge of dying. Poor thing. In her delirious state, she supposedly spoke of a massive sinking ship and a man named Wally playing a fiddle. The poor woman had absolutely no way to know that the Titanic would sink that very night, or that Wallace, Wally Hartley, would play his violin one last time as he and his band went down with the ship.
1: You know, I think one of the museums either has a replica, or like one of his violins. Obviously, probably not the one that was on the ship, but, like...
0: Pretty sure that one was toast.
1: I mean, it could have been. I mean, it's wood. It probably would float. But, like, the thing is, is that violin... I remember reading about one of the museums had one of his violins. But... So, what happened to her? Did she live?
0: No, oh, no. She died. Oh. She was already on the verge of dying, is what, what I, I said.
1: Mean, like, a miracle?
0: 1912? No. Miracles didn't exist then. <laughs> <laughs> miracles called medical science, <laughs> which they didn't have.
1: So, okay the premonition basically she had this she she's telling the story like there's a ship and stuff and then she passes and then Mm. so then they hear about the ship at the titanic and is that how her story got out was like whoa jesse knew about that that's so weird or like it was just one of those like coincidences like they found years later like when they were talking about the titanic story like i'm just thinking could have been one of these things where where jesse passed like a couple years ago and you know what it was really weird she talked about the this ship sinking, and you know what? It was on the night of the Titanic she- sinking, instead of like maybe being two days later. Like, well, I guess if she did die that night, well, just
0: you got to think about like how like how fast the spread of information was, right? Because we don't have like the internet; they didn't have the internet, or
1: it took you know, a couple of days. Like, they didn't really probably even... longer
0: than a couple of days. Because think about it, like, okay, where where did the Titanic go down at?
1: Yeah, who got the news first? They didn't even know how many people survived until. What was it, the Californian? Like not to mention the fact it, that
0: there's no way that they could know details of like okay, yeah, the boat sank, but the, the band going down with the ship, they wouldn't have found that out until they got all the survivors out and they the actually... trial
1: and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what you're you're completely right. I think I'm going off of to be honest, I think I'm kind of falling back on, oh that's easy to know. Forgetting the fact that you are completely 100% right. They didn't have that information. Not in Scotland. Not when the ship was heading to New York. And that's where the ship that basically collected the survivors went.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, even Nova Scotia was the one who started, you know, where the cemetery is now. So, yeah, you know, that is interesting. Ooh, that's weird. Ooh, that is weird. Now, when I really start thinking about it, because I guess I want to try debunk it. I wanna try debunk it, but like yeah, it is it is kind of creepy to think about. Ugh, oh, okay, that gives me the shivers. <laughs> okay, you wanna hear one of mine? Yes. Okay. Now this one is about the discovery. And it's it, it's one of my favorites. So Robert Ballard is the oceanographer who helped discover the Titanic. And and I guess there is this thing that he did this interview that he basically said that the day that he discovered, like, they discovered the Titanic, and he called his mom, and his mom basically said, you'll only be known for discovering this rusty ship. And, like, he even said that, like, when James Cameron, <laughs> when James Cameron, he went to visit the set of, of the Titanic, James Cameron, they were walking towards it, and he's like, well, you, you go on first because you discovered it. So, like, and he he has done... Conducted, and this is um, in National Geographic. My sources, National Geographic and Popular Mechanics, and I think this these articles were in twenty eighteen, maybe. So, at the time, he had conducted over one hundred and fifty underwater expeditions, and had a lot of scientific discoveries. But he is known for for sort of the Titanic, and one of my favorite stories is on June second, two thousand eight. The story came out that while Ballard had told the world that the reason he was going out into the Atlantic was to find the Titanic. And this was in 1985. So in 2008, he gives a story about his, his discovery of the Titanic. And he says in 1985, there were, you know, books and movies and PBS specials. Um, I mean, I remember watching like the black and white movie. What was it? I think it's called, um, a night to remember, you know, it's all these movies about the Titanic. Cause it was, it's one of these stories that, kept living on and it was very big news when he said hey we're going to go look for it we're going to go in atlantic we're going to go look for it and in this article i think it was a national geographic june 2nd he broke the story or they broke the story that was finally declassified that going to search for the titanic was all a cover story it wasn't their main mission Their They're really, their main mission was a mission, a secret mission for the Navy to find two nuclear submarines. And they were trying to keep the Soviets in the dark about these naval operations. So that's why they really played up that they were looking for the Titanic. And so Ballard went out there. He went out there. He made the deal with the Navy saying like, because he wanted to fund his nautical, um, like, submarine. (laughs) <laughs> and so the Navy basically said, well, go look at these. Look for the Thresher and Scorpion. And in these two subs, we want, they were lost in the 1960s, and we want to see how the nuclear reactors were basically treating the environment, how the environment is, no pun intended, reacting to the to the in. And so he goes out and they find them and they record their findings and they basically get done with with everything. And they noticed that the debris field of like how it stretched over miles. And they said, you know, we got 12 days. This is something that no one's ever thought about with a debris field. Everyone always thinks that the Titanic went down in one piece. Or if not one piece, it sank straight down. They never thought of it traveling, not from where it was reported sinking. So he ba- they basically started this grid search, and they found it, and it made huge news. And while I love the fact that like it was huge news, everyone was excited about it, I love the fact that it was a secret mission, and they were just like, ah, "Okay, mission's done."
0: While we're down here,
1: while we're down here, do we wanna do we wanna look for the Titanic?
0: Wanna look for this old boat? Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I this. mean,
1: cause I kind of like, that's my thing. I really kind of want to look for it and kind of have this theory now that it might be like 14 miles off of where it should be. <laughs>
0: let's go loot some stuff.
1: Oh no, no, actually he, there was this really good part in the article, in popular mechanics where he talks about like, they found, they find it right. And they were so happy. They were like jumping up and down and they were, and, and they were just so like excited and then as as they were kind of like looking at it and it's just, just so sad. you just think of all the lives lost and it became a really sober moment really fast. And that's basically the decision that they weren't going to... The, they couldn't... That's why I, I think they were always thinking that they might raise it. And I think that's where the decision came where they're never going to raise it. Just let it lie. Let it lie. But I just... Again, it lies... 12,000 feet beneath the surface and it was a secret mission to find two nuclear submarines, something off Tom Clancy. So. Right.
0: They think make a movie about the, tr- the real...
1: Well, even like Dirt Pit, you know, the Clive Cussler movie, or books and movies and stuff. All right, do you have any more stories? I do. Ooh, okay.
0: So the next one we're going to talk about is... Okay, so for anybody who has any inkling to travel to the location of where the Titanic went down, you may come across some paranormalities that may or may not be a word.
1: I I actually don't even know if it's a word or not. (laughs) Like, let's just, you know what? Trademark.
0: Copyright. So in the area where the Titanic sank, crew members of ships that circulate in the area have indicated seeing balls of light at the site where the the iceberg and the titanic met there where they rumbled basically duped it out (laughs) if not
1: it took me i'm sorry i got (laughs) distracted i i was listening to you but i got distracted because there was like a dog barking but it didn't sound like a dog it sounded like someone going woohoo woohoo i'm like is that someone outside going woohoo or is that a dog i
0: don't know which one's worse So (laughs)
1: So, okay. so So Sorry, sorry. I made sure I understand. So, the part where, if you go to the site where supposedly the ship crashed into the, struck the iceberg, is where these weird anomalies happen.
0: Spirit orbs.
1: Ooh. Ooh, that would be weird.
0: No, the weird part, that's sort of weird. The weird part that even submarines that have passed through that area, seem to be affected. Radios on the submarines have picked up strange sounds and calls for help, and Morse code and things like that are and they're detected, but have no apparent origin.
1: And I wonder if it's one of those things because they are ship at sea. If you get a distress call, you know you react, and so them not finding like where this distress call. And finding out where you're at, ooh, that would be such a creepy feeling.
0: And the creepy thing is, if you get on the radio, you just hear somebody like,
1: "Help me! It's so cold. Help me!" Is that what they hear?
0: Oh, wouldn't that be so cool, though?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That'd be so sad and creepy. Oh, give me goosebumps but just even like the the morse code is the same kind of it, it's the same kind of thing you know what i mean it's 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 a cry for help hmm. oh man yeah that
0: that's the the balls of light i'd be like oh, okay you know balls of light It could be light. a lot yeah. of different things sparkly water things
1: eh, ice with you know but
0: creepy radio signals when you're trapped in a in a <laughs> You're trapped in a giant metal hot dog, like you know, like 1200 miles under the surface.
1: Well, and you're no. trained, you're trained. I mean, I've never, I don't know anyone who's trained in that field, so maybe I'm wrong, but I would think that you're trained in knowing the difference between like different signals, different sounds, different states of the ocean. So it's not like, oh, they're just hearing something, you know, it's not like when you're in a haunted house and say, like, oh, it's just the house settling. Yeah. You know, well, there's there's uh, blood coming from the walls. It's just the pipes. You know what <laughs> I mean?
0: <laughs> the walls of the 51st Precinct were bleeding. <laughs> How do you explain
1: that? Yeah, no, and, and this is... What movie was that from? Um, Simpsons? Oh,
0: um, you're terrible. I said movie. I know. Movie. Well,
1: Simpsons have a movie. Hold on. Oh, we, just, they... we just talked about this, too. I actually think it might have been on a throwback it's episode. Main, it's the
0: it's the shipyard call. They said the Titanic just came oh, in. Oh,
1: Ghostbusters.
0: Well, better late than never.
1: No, it was Lusitania that came in. No, they said the Titanic. Mm. We'll have to watch it now.
0: Oh, yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look it up right after we're done. Yeah. Okay, uh, so, but yeah, anyways, like... Yeah, that's that's the creepy thing when you're like when you're underwater and
1: and they're trained professionals. That's the thing is like yeah, anyone could kind of say like oh we were on this pleasure cruise, booze cruise, and we heard this weird sounds like oh, okay, they're yeah,
0: all intoxicated anyways. Yeah. it's like it's like when you see like Air Force pilots like see an unidentified oh, flying yeah. object and they don't know what's going on. They're like uh, what's that?
1: Oh, speaking of wish because we haven't seen. Have you seen that twenty twenty? Was it twenty twenty? Uh, no, sixty minutes. About the, the pilots talking about the UFO. It's like the peanut,
0: right? The peanut something. Isn't that what they called it? It was like, it had a weird name.
1: But yeah, no, I agree with you. It's when someone's professional and they are, it's the same thing when you're watching with the evidence. Like I love when I watch Nukes Top 5 and they're doing like TikTok, he does TikTok videos or he's doing these videos where it's like, this guy goes urban exploring, not a ghost hunter. This woman is, records her kids, not a ghost hunter. This woman does makeup tips, not a ghost hunter. And they each have something weird happen. This person's doing funny
0: cat videos, not a ghost hunter.
1: Yeah, and something weird happens. It's like that woman who was dancing and she, in the parking lot, and she like went like towards her camera and behind her, there was like a man and it's like gone in a second. It's like, ooh, okay. Yeah, that was not supposed to happen. But, oh man, that was a good one. Anymore from... I... Okay, well, I got one more too. I just didn't want to step on your toes if you were still finishing with the Morse code. Ugh. Here's my next one. And this is my final story. And it's more, more ghost-like. So you've already mentioned the lights have been seen. Passengers are seen haunting their old um, businesses, homes, and even possessions. So we talked earlier about the guy's picture who fell off the wall. He's basically dislike because he jumped ship and never Bandage. looked back. Yeah, abandoned ship, never looked back. This person actually is considered a hero and was even, had a witness talked about him. It's Captain Edward John Smith. So his thing was he went down with the ship and there was a witness, and I didn't write down the witness but I remember reading about it in this article basically saying that he was watching the ship and he could see the captain going down with the ship and him being the last, like, basically one on the ship. And I guess he said he was a hero. And even there, his hometown had erected a statue. His body was never discovered, um, was never found. And to this day, it says that, legend has it, that his childhood home as reported by the Daily Mail in an article in 2012, that he is said to haunt his childhood home on Stokes on Trent in 2002. So there was rumors of this like two bedroom cottage basically being haunted and the people were renting it. And this renter was saying that like he was in one of the bedrooms and I don't, it's very fast, it's only like a few sentences But he basically says that he was in bed and he saw the captain and he wasn't wearing like a naval uniform or anything, but like he saw the captain like drift past the room and he was just kind of like, okay, that's kind of weird. And I guess the home had a, I guess the home had like a flood and they thought it was weird, but all they kept kind of saying was like, there's spooky going ons with this house. And also (laughs) like, that's literally what they said. Spooky going ons and um, cold spots. So that was his first. That's the first haunting that is supposedly he haunts his childhood home. The second haunting is said that he haunts a mirror. Now this story, I did read a really good article about the guy. Um, he basically was trying to find the origins of this story, and it's very, it's very kind of urban legendy, perfect for this podcast. So the legend goes is there was a maid for the family, for the captain's family, and there was something like they couldn't pay her or in lieu of payment, they said, well, you know, take something of his. And so she took this like really oriented mirror, ornate mirror, and he, and he, I guess, showed up in the mirror on the anniversary of the Titanic sinking, and the maid's sister-in-law wrote about it in this letter. So this letter in this mirror, I guess, sold a couple times. And I was, like, reading about it, like, in the early 2000s, I guess. Sold a couple times. But I guess the last time it sold, it sold to our favorite paranormal investigator in Las Vegas and his haunted museum. In 2019, it sold to Zach and Mm. So, I guess now that mirror is in Las Vegas. And it still has the letter that the sister-in-law wrote about her sister-in-law basically seeing the... The captain in this mirror and from what i've been reading i don't think it was ever seen he was ever seen again it was just this one time on mm-hmm. the anniversary of the sinking i think the first anniversary of the sinking it said
0: it's kind of a sad to think like you know this guy this heroic act you know went down with his ship and stuff like that they like he didn't get to move on
1: it is sad. It's uh, I think the whole story about Titanic is sad because of that. There's so many like when I said the Strauss, the reason I mentioned them, one because my my friend played Ida Strauss in the play, but also there if you remember the Titanic movie, there was an older couple who basically said They just
0: laid in the bed. Yes, right, like just and just held each other.
1: That was supposed to be the Strausses because it was supposed to, the legend had it is um, Survivor said that he was trying to put her into lifeboat and she basically refused to go and said, I'll stick with you, I'll stay with you. If you go, I'll go. And basically, he could not, in good conscience, get on the boat when there were still children and women needed in the spot. So they both stayed on the boat. And I remember, and we both worked at retail right? We both were in retail. And I remember reading about how when they heard the news, and it was a couple years later, I think it was like in 1915 when it was completed, but the uh, workers at Macy's, the, the clerks at Macy's basically raised money and made a statue um, garden. It was either a statue or like a bench, and it was dedicated to them. And I kept thinking, I was like, hmm, I worked for a couple retail agencies, and I don't think I would erect any statues.
0: <laughs> yeah i can't think of anybody i would have done that for in any of the places i worked at
1: well i mean it's it's a sad story but i'd be like oh i really feel for them and their family but then it's on the other hand it's like i really kind of need this money it's 1915 right like how good were to how good were they to their employees that that happened and they were like
0: that's their true. employees are like basically it, putting money from like their yeah, own they were, pocket they were great people in that moment yeah but it's like you don't know what they were like is you may have been terrible boss who knows i know not then, downplaying what they did you no know no, no. but
1: then later to learn that their employees did that it's like wow they were just they must have been amazing human beings you know what i mean must have been like
0: you know like back in the day when like you know you, if you worked at a company that was like that it was like you were family or something like that like yeah to a certain extent not like now now it's like everybody's just like you're just a you're just a number kind of
1: kind of feels like that way sometimes but okay, so you have one more. I
0: do, yes. So we're gonna talk about the lady in black, mm. which is kind of a which is kind of a nice little t- uh, different little change in pace because usually you hear lady in white, lady in red, lady in some whatever, you lady in a
1: nightgown, lady glowing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. lady in black. I like that. Yeah, you know, it's I, something
1: I like, different. I like black.
0: So we're going back again to the uh, Titanic Artifact exhibition at the Luxor Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, where apparently there's been seen a ghost wandering its grand staircase, a woman in a black dress with her hair pulled back. A photographer who was in charge of portraying uh, the opening of the exhibition walked down the staircase when suddenly he saw the woman. So he thought, "Oh, this is just part of the attraction," and asked if he could ph- he could photograph her. The woman ignored him, only to suddenly reappear behind him.
1: Oh no! Oh my god! That that my hair on the <laughs> back of my neck just went up
0: again. He asked. He's, this guy seems like he's keeping his cool. He's like he again. He asked if he could if she wanted a photograph, but this time, before his very eyes. Whew, She disappeared into the air.
1: What did he do after that? Because I would have been like, I would have packed my stuff. I would have been like, well, thank you for this opportunity, but I think I will be going now. Good day, sir.
0: I'd like to think that he just went on living his life and just probably tried to pretend like it... I said good day, sir. I said good day. Just pretended like it never happened, like... uh. People are gonna think I'm cuckoo, anyways. I'm just not saying this. Well, he
1: had a camera. Did he take a picture?
0: No, he didn't take a picture of her. Oh, he yeah. asked her. He, got, he asked her if he could take a photograph of her, and she oh, ignored he's being him. Being
1: too dang respectful, just to start clicking. Well, I want to get my ghost picture. No, like, ooh, gosh, like you know, you were, those. You, those are like the best stories. I'm. I don't, yeah. I don't care who it is. It's like the best stories is when, and I'm. I am literally. That's a fear of mine that I won't. I'll be in that experience where I don't realize that what I'm seeing is not real. And that, like, oh, also I apologize if you're hearing anything, that might be Chris in the other room on his computer. He's angry typing. That's one of my fears, though, is that I would be seeing someone who's not there and not realizing it.
0: Yeah, my fear is I would be in that experience where, you know, she appears right behind me and then I'd turn around and it's like the librarian ghost on Ghostbusters where she goes,
1: ah!
0: and you're just like,
1: run away, well, run
0: away as fast as you can. Well,
1: you know, it's funny that you say the woman in black, because I know I've said this on on this podcast before, but there is a story on celebrity ghost stories. And I'll, I won't go over it again because I did it on a previous episode really fast, but the guy, and I forget his name, who was on *Sopranos*, who played Chrissy on *Sopranos*, basically had experience with. I wasn't the it wasn't the Roosevelt. It was a, a hotel in the New York, and I can't remember what it was. But it was basically he came home one night, and they kept asking. He came home one night, and he would always hear from the tenants saying like, "Oh, have you met Mary yet?" On the eighth floor, because he lived on the eighth floor. And then one night he comes off the elevator, and there's a woman down the hallway, dressed all in black, crying. And he's like, and, and the lights kind of flicker, and he's like, "Hey, is everything okay? Are you okay?" And like she was well, and and as soon as like he acknowledged her, a light next to him went out, and he when he looked at it, and then looked back down the hallway, which was still lit, she was gone. And she thought, oh, he thought, oh, someone just pulled her into the room, or she got embarrassed and went into the room because she was right next to a door. And so, but she, he had a, like a weird feeling from it. So he, when he saw some tenants, he said, "Hey, I think I met this Mary that you were talking about." And the, they basically told her, told him that Mary was a woman who was waiting for her husband and his brother to come on to come to New York off the Titanic. She got word that he died on the Titanic and she killed herself in one of these rooms and she's always dressed in black and she's always seen in depths of despair and crying stuff. And his whole thing was, not that he had the paranormal experience, but that he didn't recognize it was a paranormal experience. Because he, he basically said it was like someone was sitting there crying. It wasn't... She wasn't see-through. She wasn't... It didn't... Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was cold, but it wasn't like anything how other people describe it. Like, it wasn't a blob. It wasn't a a light. It was an actual person sitting there crying.
0: Yeah, remember, remember when I did that story about... One, it was a hotel, and there was like the old bellhop, I guess, or... Whatever and he was helping oh, yeah. two ladies with trying to unlock the their door.
1: Yeah, was that in Canada? Was that the I
0: think yeah, it was it, yeah, was, it was one was of there. the and they were like, Oh, you know, he said, Oh yeah, I'll come and get you whatever and like they had no idea. They were just talking to a ghost. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's for me, it's like I'd be so afraid that and not because it would I I, not because it would scare me, I think. It's just because it would be so different. It's just like how the guy from Sopranos talked about it. It's that the paranormal experience itself didn't scare him. It was an experience that he didn't recognize it was a paranormal experience. And he even said later he moved out pretty soon after that. And, and I think that would be me and be like, oh, I want to see something in the sense that like I've always seen shadows or you know stuff on the wall. But I don't want
0: to sit here and have a full on conversation. Yeah,
1: I think that would be like it would be this weird experience, which I don't know how I would handle that. Like, we went like I'm not even kidding. I went out of town with Chris, and it was literally in a friend, and I literally jumped. So, and this is about a future episode because I, I did some recordings, and I can't wait to talk to you about it. But I jumped at so many things. Some stuff when I was really kind of concentrated about the paranormal. And Some stuff just because I was in a dark place and like let me just give you a hint I was in a dark place. This kid was playing with this this chain He basically the chain came undone and it hit the floor so loud that I jumped because I thought something was coming at me and I was so scared that like you know when like you have to almost like I usually curse but I was trying not to curse because we where we're at and I just was basically like seriously and And it wasn't too, I felt really bad because the kid probably thought it was to him, but it was me because I jumped so much on that damn trip. I don't even know. And I even told her, I'm never usually this startled. And I don't know if it's just because I was like out in the world for the first time in like a year or what, but yeah, lately I've just been really startled. Whereas I can go down to, and again, this is a future episode to a ghost hunt and be completely fine. (laughs) But give me like a dark hallway and all of a sudden I jump about 10 feet in the it's air. It's always
0: your, your expectations.
1: Maybe. Like
0: you're at a ghost hunt, you're already kind of, you've, you've you're, steeled you're, yourself. Yeah, from you're Yeah. If you're going down a dark alley, you're like, I don't know what the heck's going to happen. Like the boogeyman could come out here and.
1: That, that was the end. That was a good story. Like was that was a, a nice story. ending to that one. So. Perfect
0: ending to a perfect episode.
1: <laughs> our first episode where. We were worrying about everything in our studio from laughter and... You know what? I just Angry realized typing. I thought it was angry typing, but I think he's playing on his homemade... Not homemade, but you know he designs his own joysticks. Oh, yeah. So I think it's one of the joystick ones. The ones like that, to me, look like something from the oh, 80s. Oh, that, that big old huge yeah,
0: thing. So. Probably playing some Street Fighter or Oh, something. yeah, probably
1: Street Fighter. Okay, well, everyone... I guess uh, now we're doing our... We're still doing our legendary listener shout-out. And we want to give a shout-out this week to some listeners who... We got some new downloads from them. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for listening. Our legendary listeners in...
0: Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Uh, Cleveland rocks.
1: Cleveland. Ohio. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend... We really appreciate that you stuck with us this long. And uh, hopefully now we're getting a little back to normal, a little bit more live, and some fun stuff coming. I'm I'm telling you right now we have some fun episodes coming up.
0: It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. Okay, so take us home, Jay.
0: This has been another successful and exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. I am Leslie. Your purveyors of the paranormal and your curators of the creepy. We thank you for your patronage and good night.